and welcome to the Raw podcast. Joe Nicholson and James Copley here from the Sunderland Echo and we're going to be previewing Friday's match between Sunderland and Birmingham at St Andrews. So to find out more about the Blues, we're joined by Charlie Hafferden from Birmingham World. Charlie, how's things? Yeah, all good, thanks. Um, Birmingham in a good run of form at the moment. Been uh, quite a nice team mm. to report on of late. Yeah, just looking at their last few results, I think it's one defeat in eight, is it? And they got a two-all draw against Swansea last night. We're recording this on Thursday. Um, Birmingham, of course, played that game on the Wednesday. So how would you then assess Birmingham's start to the season? Tenth in the Championship so far after 20 matches. And as you said, it seems to be going pretty well so far. Yeah, so on Tuesday night against um, Swansea, it was a late equaliser from Troy Deeney. Obviously, a boyhood blue, blue nose himself, grew up there as a youngster, spent a lot of time away from there at Watford mainly, coming back this last season this, and he's been doing very well, actually, at, at Birmingham, kind of coming off the bench, being a bit of presence up top, and that was a really nice result against Swansea City. And I think the the fact they didn't give up and they got a result so late on just shows at the moment the unity they've got within the squad and, and you talk about kind of recent results as well not not losing many games defensively been very solid and a very good time to be a blue supporter at the moment hmm. yeah so there is as you said 10th in the table so far following that draw against Swansea John Eustace is their head coach he came in in the summer um, he's coached before with with Ireland and with with QPR before taking the job and at the start of the season, it looked like it was pretty going to be pretty tough for them. There was some off-field issues as well, but Eustace has come in and has done, looks like a good job. So what's kind of the verdict on him among Blues supporters? Yeah, I, th I think they love him, to be honest. Uh, mm. I'm not a Blues supporter myself, but the impression I get from seeing the way the fans are reacting at the moment, obviously good form is always going to be great and you're going to get a good atmosphere, but people seem to be believing in what Eustace has got. I think there was a bit of doubt to start with, a difficult start to the campaign right near the relegation spots, but now things are picked up very rarely getting defeated whatsoever at the moment and um, some very positive results and surprise ones. I think the one against QPR at home was a real positive. Uh, had lots of the ball out of the game, created plenty of chances. John Ruddy saved the penalty. Uh, John Ruddy actually has been a, a real impressive player this season. One that mm. is getting older, not quite in his peak, I'd say, but has been playing as if he is. It's like he's 10 years younger. He's been revolutionised into a, a new player almost this season. And I think that kind of sums up at the moment. Looking at recent results, of course, that late comeback against Swans again, the draw. Bit of a boring nil-nil against Millwall recently, but that was backed up afterwards by a better performance away at Stoke, a 2-1 win. There was a bit of a hiccup away at Blackburn a couple of weeks ago on the 22nd of October, losing 2-1. But around that, you've got wins against the likes of Bristol City and Hull, keeping clean sheets in each of those, and even drawing to the impressive Burnley at St Andrews as well. So not going to be an easy game for Sunderland um, on Friday night, that, that's for sure. The confidence is really high and Eustace as well as it seems to have created a new atmosphere at St Andrews. It's a bit crazy, the Championship at the moment, isn't it, Charlie? I know Birmingham played Stoke on Saturday, as you mentioned. Um, then they had Swansea City last night, Tuesday night, as a record, and, and then another game against Sunderland on Friday. I gather the manager's not too impressed by that reading some of his post-match comments. And, and to be honest, it's it's pretty difficult to uh, to disagree with him, really, on that one. Yeah, I think he's he's not too impressed with how many fixtures are coming thick and fast. You've not got that many teams playing midweek as it is and then coming on Friday. It's not like he's playing on Saturday or even mm -hmm. Sunday, we see on occasion. It's coming so quick and fast. Obviously, they're both at home, which is quite nice. Four of the last five being at home, I think, helps. Not as much travelling involved, but even still... 
having three, four days in between matches consistently. I know it's a championship. There's plenty of games to be played, but it's not like they're playing in Europe, like some Premier League sides. They've got to have a break at some point. And I think it's taken its toll. Harley Dean, who's been so crucial at the back, at centre-back after returning from injury, has got another one. And I think that's a, a knock that was picked up against Stoke. It's obviously just because he's been playing game after game and he's 31 years old now. Very crucial part of defence. He comes out the team and they can see two against against Swansea. I think that's it's not exactly a coincidence that that's happened. Uh, I think one thing that Sunderland will have an advantage is, is the fact that Blues players are knackered at the moment. The World Cup can't quite come uh, quick enough, I don't think. Mm. Yeah, Sunderland not having a game midweek. Was it Sanderson that came in for Harley Dean, Dion Sanderson, ex Sunderland? Or was yes, he Sanderson. Sanderson, yeah, he was, he was in the middle. Um, and then Maxim Collin went from right wing back to right centre back, slotted in there. I think Collin's better further up the pitch, personally. Uh, the likes of Mark Roberts might come back at some point, but he's been out for quite a while. I doubt that Eustace is going to risk him, but he might not have any choice. If Dean's still out, which it seems like it might be the case for Friday then Sanderson might have to play again. He's also started loads of games in quick succession. A bit younger, a bit fitter, but at the same time, it's not easy. Colin might have to step back again and, and playing players that have only just got back from injury themselves. It is very tough. Dion Sanderson as well, a, a player who has had injury problems in the past. I know when he was at Sunderland, he, he had a few injury problems. Sunderland would have really liked to uh, re-sign Dion Sanderson, I, I think. Um, obviously, they didn't go up that season after his loan ended, uh, so the chances of getting him were pretty slim. I understand that they sort of sniffed around him as well after they got promoted, but he's ended up at Birmingham City. How has he done in general? Because he was a player that Sunderland fans as well really rated and wanted to keep hold of. I remember previous boss Lee Johnson called him a Rolls-Royce and the hype around him was quite significant. Yeah, he's a real physical player. As I said before, he can play central, he can play a bit more of a right of a three. I think he could probably get away of playing him further forward, although he wouldn't probably wouldn't prefer that. Uh, he just is a real powerhouse in the centre of defence. He's still young at 22 years of age, coming in, having that experience at a Premier League club like Wolverhampton Wanderers. I think they'd love to get him on a permanent basis, obviously being on loan at the moment. He really has fitted in that well. Um, also, Austin Trusty, who's on loan from Arsenal, has been another player that, yeah, you bring these players in from Premier League sides and you expect they might do quite well. But the fact they've both become so key to the sides and aren't losing their place, even with so many fixtures, just shows how well they've done. And Sanderson, as you say, is is one of those that's definitely stepped up this year. Austin Trusty was that player who scored that incredible goal, wasn't it, on the Friday Friday night game a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, against QPR. That was my yeah, first yeah. game um, actually covering Blues. And yeah. I thought six minutes in and that's that's happened. And then there wasn't a bad goal later on in that game from Longello, the left wing back, cut mm. in and fired into the far corner. But that trusty goal was in, incredible. The way he just, I wouldn't say quite acrobatic, but he just swung his leg at it, almost Latan Ibrahimovic style. It was uh, or Erling Haaland style. You wouldn't expect that from a young centre-half, but he managed it. And I mean, defensively, he's been really good as well. But he got two goals. He got a brace a couple of weeks before that, I think against Bristol City. So he's been in the goals quite a lot. And goals coming from all over the pitch. If Scott Hogan's not firing up top, everyone else seems to want to get involved. So it's not just defensively mm. Birmingham being good. They've actually netted quite a few themselves. So no, very impressed with them at the moment. Yeah, definitely encourage anyone that hasn't seen that goal to, to look it up. But we'll, we'll come on to Scott Hogan and Birmingham's kind of attacking players in a minute. But just looking at the defensive record, I think they've only conceded 18 this season or they've, they've got the, the second best defensive record in the league behind Preston 
with Sanderson in there, with Ruddy. John Ruddy is another player that was heavily linked with Sunderland in the summer and looks like he's been a very good signing between the sticks for, for Birmingham. Yeah, I think he shows a lot of experience between the mm. sticks. He's someone who can lead from the back, uh, saved a couple of penalties along the way, which helps. That QPR one with the mm. the impressive goals in from Trusty and Longello, he got a penalty save in that one. And Rangers were really pressing towards the end of that. He has been so key. Uh, he really has. I think in the dressing room, just having that extra presence has helped and the, the togetherness of the team. Obviously, when you've got such fixture congestion, you don't really have to change your goalkeeper. He's been central parts of their success and there's there's no coincidence that as you say they're the second best defensive side in the league 18 goals conceded in 20 games ruddy has started the majority of the recent clean sheets anyway so well he has all the recent ones so yeah i think he is a very key part and i'm not surprised you wants them at sunderland a bit of a miss for you i suppose yeah well anthony pats has done pretty well so they did they did go with youth over experience in the end and um yeah he also saved a penalty against cardiff on saturday so it looks like that decision could have been justified, but um, Ruddy, yeah, obviously doing a very good job at Birmingham. But then at the other end of the pitch, as you mentioned, Scott Hogan has got nine goals already this season in the championship. I think he scored four in his last six. So how important has he been? Obviously, really key player for Birmingham. Oh, very important. Obviously, Republic of Ireland International. 30 years of old, uh, 30 years of age now, sorry. So he's, he is getting on slightly. He's not exactly in his prime, but he's just showing his experience and seems to be aging like a, like a fine wine. But when he's not scoring, even if he has got nine in 20 games, I think he's only one or two off last season's total already. Even then, you've got others that chip in. Troy Deeney, I think, has only got three in 20 matches. It's not like mm. he's scoring bucket loads, but he's the man who seems to be the target man coming in. A bit like a... If you remember David McGoldrick in the Premier League for Sheffield United in the Championship as well, he didn't really score many, but he was the guy to link up the play, drop back and gain possession. Troy Deeney's kind of doing that and picking up the odd tap in here and there. And then Lukas Jutkovic as well, who's been out for a while with injury and fitness issues. He's, I think, he must be in his early 30s now. He's he's not, not played too often, but he played against Stoke City, won an insane, I think it was 16 or 17 aerial duels that statistic just shows how dominant he was. He was a bit of a miss against Swansea, but I don't think he can start back-to-back -back games with, with only a few days between. He could prove to cause you problems on, on Friday. I think I expect him anyway to come back into the side and lead the line alongside Hogan. You might see Deeney, but I, I think the depth is, is helping them. It's just if they start to get a few more injury problems, which I'm surprised they haven't, then, then there could be some problems. What's the um, the aim for this Birmingham team at the moment? And I suppose the aim of, of Birmingham as a club, because obviously being quite a while out of the Premier League now, but you do have some good players, as you've mentioned. Lots of experience there. John Ruddy Deeney, along with uh, younger players like Dion Sanderson. The championship's so tight at the moment. Are Birmingham City fans looking at those playoff spots or is it is it sort of a, another season of consolidation? Oh, I, th I think Blues fans are, I don't really know if it's jokey or not, but they are starting to say, oh, we can get promoted here. I, I don't think you can look at that, uh, to be honest. The way they were even a few weeks ago down in 19th, 20th spot, a few wins has really helped things. They're now up to 10th. But very quickly, as you'll know in the championship, just a few points can separate a dozen spots. It can drop away very quickly. Even if Sunderland managed to get a, a win on Friday, then you're probably dropping a few places this weekend heading into the World Cup. I don't think they're going to want to get carried away, but they're, they're looking at it. It's only a few points ahead of them at the moment and a lot closer than a relegation zone. You, you can't help when you're in such good form, but 
I just can't see them maintaining it. I really can't. So I, I think maybe mid-table, pushing away from relegation was the main thing to start with. Now there's belief that they can establish themselves and avoid that battle. And maybe if they if they can pick up a really good run, like Huddersfield did last season, for example, maybe they could push up towards the playoff spots. But it's not exactly uh, expected of them, I'd say. Mm. And you've highlighted some of Birmingham City's strong points there. Um and how well they've been playing over the over the past couple of weeks. How would you say do you get at Birmingham City? What what happens when when Birmingham City aren't doing too well? What are the weaknesses in the side? I think pressing them can can really hinder them. There's been quite a few occasions where they've been a bit sloppy playing out from the back. They do play a back three. They've got wing backs. They they are quite reliant on their wide centre backs playing them out. If you can use your forward many midfielders to press them, then that can probably cause some problems. The pass percentages and completion rates have been pretty poor <laughs> over recent weeks, even with the good results. So imagine them in poor form, it doesn't exactly help them. So yeah, I think a high press can can be quite effective. It's interesting that, Joe, isn't it? Because uh, Sunderland deploy a high press every now and again, you would say? Yeah, I think they certainly try to when they've got the, the players available. I think we certainly saw that at the start of the season when Stewart and Sims were fit and Sunderland were able to play with two strikers. They wanted to press teams high up the pitch and they were really able to cause problems. I think they struggled to do that a bit more against Cardiff, particularly on, on Saturday when it was just Sims up front by himself. And obviously Stewart's absence has been highlighted as such a he's such a key player for Sunderland. But I'm sure they will try and, and press Birmingham Birmingham high if that's a potential weakness from them. But you mentioned kind of the formation there, Charlie. Is it kind of a three five two with the wing backs and then two strikers? Is that how they usually set up? Yeah, so three five two. Um, Christian Billick kind of as a central midfielder dropping back to mm. provide a bit of support defence, and then the likes of Chong, Tahith Chong, and uh, Hannibal Medbury can be pushing on forward with the ball. Um, that's kind of how they operate. But of course, with so many games in quick succession, as I've mentioned so many times already, but it is the case. The likes of Bielik are, are struggling. He missed out against Swansea with the suspension. He'll be coming back in a bit rested, which helps. But no. Uh, I think it does rely on all the midfield, the right midfield players being fit. If they don't have enough to push forward, then it doesn't help. But Bakuna's come back in recently. He had a bit of a spell on the sidelines. He's added some energy. Hannibal's been hit and miss some games. He's a bit aggressive and get carried away, um, gets a bit frustrated, loses his head. But then against Swansea, he played really well, got an assist in that one. It's the same for Tahith Chong. Maybe not quite as much of a hothead, but he can be a bit hit and miss. So, no, yeah, but it's the three-five-two. That is how they operate, mm -hmm. relying heavily on the on the midfield men to. Even though it is a wide formation, it does start centrally. I think is one thing to note. How have you um, how have you found Bielik so far, uh, Charlie? Because I think it's easy to forget with with him that he joined Derby in a, a real big money bid. I think he's only how old is he now? He's 24. I think he went for something like eight million about five years ago. Obviously had a, a couple of bad injuries. Derby have then been relegated, so he's ended up on loan at Birmingham. He was actually a player a lot of Sunderland fans um sort of talking about when the midfield area was being assessed in the summer. I was just wondering how he's got on really. Yeah he's done really well. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what the statistic is but with him in the team, the percentage of wins is so much higher than not. And goals conceded as well. It's it's like the likes of Harley Dean coming back in and Sanderson mm. and Trusty doing so well. He's another one that is so key. He's the core of the team with Ruddy obviously in goal as well. He just breaks up the play 
remarkably well. When I said the likes of Chong and Hannibal and Bakuna push forward, he's the guy who can drop in and mop up. He can make the odd mistake. He's not the quickest of players. He's not got the most agility, but he is strong and he can break up the play. And I wouldn't say he causes problems going forward himself, but that's not his role. So he has been very crucial. And as I say, not having him against Swans, he hindered them. And Chong's a bit of an interesting case as well. Obviously, at Manchester United for a long time, you had him on loan last season. Now he's come back on a permanent. Was that seen as a sort of a big deal for the club, a big coup? Yeah, pretty pretty big coup. And I think getting him in permanently is nice because you're not just you're not progressing a, a, a different club player's career. It's it's nice to have him under the looks themselves. But he's he he has been hit and miss, as I say. He has at times been a bit of a star, pushing on forward, showing a bit of flair showing that he has got some elements of Premier League quality in them. But then I think it's down to his age and lack of experience, really, when he does make mistakes and you can't be too harsh on him. Mm. But he is progressing well, and I think he's one that's very exciting for the future and one that Blue supporters will look at as, oh, OK, he could be a star, but maybe not just yet. But he has he's quite versatile as well. If we wanted him to, we could probably play him on the wing, wing back if there's a change of formation. He can play in the middle. It's a bit more of an advanced playmaker in the three. Or he can even play alongside Hogan or Dini up top. He is, he is very versatile. But now he is one that I think Blues are looking at in the future as being a good player. Um, for now, he is hitting this. Mm. Just looking at Birmingham's bench from the last game, I see the name Job Bellingham on there as well. Obviously, Jude Bellingham as well came through at Birmingham and was when Christian Speakman was at the club, who's obviously now at Sunderland. I was just wondering how kind of the work that Speakman did there at Birmingham is kind of viewed and how has that kind of followed on since he's left and, and moved to Sunderland? To be honest, coming in as a reporter only recently, I, I'm not, not okay. too much knowledge on that. But uh, Bellingham, I can speak a little bit about him. Still mm. very young, I believe only just turned 17 or about to. He came in last season, made a few appearances, hasn't really started any games, but comes off the bench and provides a little bit of threat. But Jude has been speaking to UEFA recently. Uh, of course, playing for Dortmund and talking about their Champions League run. He was talking about how, as kids, they used to play in the park together and he was really impressed by his brother and he thinks his brother one day will go on to play Champions League football himself, which I found quite interesting, mm. considering he's not played many senior appearances for Birmingham in the Championship. It's quite a big call to make, but he obviously knows his brother very well and his capabilities. Could he potentially be someone to come off the bench at some point a bit more often or start a couple of games and star? Maybe, but... Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be concerned about it for Friday, at least. Maybe in a few years. Mm. Yeah, Jinx that now he's going to come off and get the winner. Yeah, he might do. <laughs> he might well do. Yeah, I remember watching uh, watching Jude Bellingham live for a Birmingham game when he was just sixteen, and he already he, he stood out then. And so, if he's if his brother can he get to anywhere near that, he's, he's certainly going to be a be a good player as well and a good asset. But we'll uh, we'll see if he features on on Friday against Sunderland. So. Just before we go, Charlie, we usually finish by asking our guests for a quick score prediction, how we think the game is going to go on Friday night at St Andrews. Okay, uh, I think it, it does depend on who's back. If Bielik is back, he will be from suspension unless he's picked up some mm. sort of problem we haven't heard about. He'll be key coming back. I think if Dean does play and he is able to, it's a lot more positive. I think if Dean's in the team, there's a, there's a clean sheet to be had, potentially a 1-0 scrape. But without, I'd, I'd probably say 2-1 to Birmingham. They're in such good form at the moment, going forward and defensively. And, and it, I don't think a shutout without their, their best defender at the moment in Dean, but a win nonetheless. They've got to carry on that momentum now while they've got it before the World Cup. 
and just build themselves as good a platform as possible to get back. And I think they'll do it. Mm. Yeah, I was just looking at the last meeting between these two sides. Sunderland and Birmingham was 2018. Birmingham winning 3-1 at St. Andrews, January 2018. There was that championship season that I think... Terrible, Sloston. terrible season. Sunderland fans will want to... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was 1-1 at the game at the Stadium of Light. So. Oh, I was James, there. That was around Christmas yeah. time, wasn't it? Yeah. We played them quite close together, I think. Yeah, I think that was around December when I was looking at mm. it. Yeah. And then the, the one at St. Andrews was in January. But James, how do you see this game going at St. Andrews on, on Friday? Um, knowing Sunderland as I do, I think they will lose 1 0 to Birmingham City because there's such a lengthy break and it'll be a last minute winner. And that's the memory we'll have to hold on to for weeks without having the opportunity to put it right and it'll thoroughly depress us all. That's that's my prediction. Optimistic. <laughs> nice and jolly. Nice and jolly. <laughs> I'll be a little bit more optimistic. I think I think maybe Sunderland will get a point. I think 1 1 draw. Um, I think if they bring in some key players back in, Pritchard, Evans will. Almost certainly come back into the starting eleven if they're available. They do have Luke O'Neill, and it's going to have to drop out because he's suspended after picking up five yellows. I'd expect Tri Hume to come in with Lyndon Gooch still injured, but I think Sunderland might get something. But as we've said, it's going to be a very tough game. Birmingham, one defeat in eight, so uh, definitely will be a tricky one for Tony Mowbray's side. Charlie, thanks very much for coming on the Raw podcast um, and very for your nice insight pleasure. on on Birmingham. Um, for all the latest SAFC news, you can head over to the. Sunderland section of the Sunderland Echo website. Tony Mowbray will be speaking to the media on Thursday, so you can read his thoughts. You can also subscribe to our new YouTube channel. You can just search Sunderland Echo SAFC on YouTube and press subscribe, and you can find all our latest podcasts, fan videos, um, clips from press conferences, and much more on there. And then we'll also have live updates and analysis from St. Andrews on Friday, as well as post-match reaction. So once again, thanks a lot for listening to the Raw Podcast.